Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Good Wednesday morning to you. Yes. This is one of those weeks whenever you get you throw a, a holiday in. Oh, yeah. You ever find yourself going, what? What day? What day is it? Yeah. Yes. Did that this morning. Just woke up and checked, made sure I was not insane. I'm a day behind. I'm a day off. Hope you're having a, a good start to your day. Already got it going here on Carl and Crew. Question for you. What was the your favorite thing to do as a kid when you were on the playground? What was your favorite thing to do? Did you go for the slides? Did you jump to claim one of those swings before they all got grabbed up? Monkey bars, could you get across? Oh, what was your favorite question. thing to do on the playground? Super I die. don't think they have them anymore. Uh, was the miracle round. Remember those oh. metal? Oh, yeah, yeah. And children just flinging off. Yeah, those, <laughs> those were especially the ones like before oh, yeah. the, uh, the plastic rained supreme yeah, yeah. on the playground. Yeah. With cushiony soft surfaces oh, being no, mandated. Oh, yeah. Those things that were metal that would heat up to about 563 degrees in the Burn summer. Skin I'm off sorry. The metal you, rock a, you rock a playground if you've done a metal merry-go-round. Come on. Come on. Merry-go-round where you are <laughs> literally holding on for dear life. Oh, yeah. yeah. And because man, if, someone's flying off. Right. And if you got to be one of the pushers, the runners, man, you were cool. If you got that <laughs> thing flying. <laughs> but then, you know, like a kid who couldn't keep up and then they'd kind of get dragged. Oh, yeah. As like the merry go <laughs> That was me. Oh, man. <laughs> There's probably a reason why they eliminated those. My my yeah. son's playground has kind of like a modified version of the, but it's it's oh. so tame. It's like a a, a big saucer yeah. where everybody oh. sits inside. Oh, no. The sides are high enough that everyone can kind of lean back. Nobody's flying off. And oh. it, it's so safe. <laughs> I'm happy for safety, but it yeah, is kind of like, man. It's a little too safe sometimes. It's, it's real tame. Let them skin their knees. It's okay. <laughs> Young Thunder, what was, your, uh, what was your favorite thing to do on the playground? My favorite thing to do on the playground was to climb outside of it onto the top. You were one of as, those kids. Yeah, as high as I could go. So uh, there's one in my old area that was we called it the rocket ship playground because okay. the 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 peak of it was shaped like a rocket ship except it literally went like 30 feet high okay and oh our goal was to climb outside of it onto the tip top of the rocket ship and and climbing up high being up as high as i could go is higher than they wanted me to go yeah i was gonna say uh, you yeah. are the kind of kid that like freaks out the adults who are nearby <sighs> yes because if i fall something very bad is gonna happen and you're Never not using the equipment appropriately correct yeah not as they intended but it was a lot of fun <laughs> not as they intended and not i never fell fun. so i'm okay I never fell yeah. you know i think i liked the swings but my huh. best playground memories were of playing tetherball tetherball is a great so one i went straight okay. for the tetherball and if you're not familiar with that it was basically just a ball on a string mm -hmm. on a pole and two people would stand on opposite sides. And your goal was you'd hit the ball back and forth and it would mm -hmm. swing out on this string. And you wanted to get it to where it could wrap all the way around the pole. The ball could get all the way around the pole without your opponent kind of punching it Smacking back at back. you. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's kind of this game of back and forth until someone could get it going fast enough. And I wasn't very good at, good at it, but I remember there was this girl, Tanya Minor. She was my classmate in like third through fifth grade. I love it. She was tall. She was athletic. She was like just one of those like 
just she was like an Amazon woman. Like she just was. I'm like, man, Tanya's such a good athlete, and she dominated a tetherball. And I would see? hate when I would have to go up against oh. her because she had these little braids, and she just was so cool. That's so. And funny. she'd get that thing going, and I'm like, sweet flailing arms, <laughs> missed it, flailing arm, missed it. But oh. man, I always went back for more. Like one of these days, Tanya. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm going to be I, I, one day. Oh, really. so one day, Tetherball Glory will be mine. Oh. We're talking this week about uh, upside down principles in the kingdom of God. And I don't know why being upside down makes me think about the playground. <laughs> but I think about all of the ways that kids end up up swinging oh, upside yeah. down. You hook, your, sure. you hook your legs on that bar and you can just kind of hang there. Yep. The monkey bars you're flipping or you can get yourself going on the swings fast enough that you feel like you might fly over the top. You ever mm-hmm. worry that you might swing so high that you'd actually go back around? That was the goal. That cool. was the goal. <laughs> Upside down kingdom <laughs> principles we've been talking about here on Carlin Crew Mornings. If you missed yesterday, we talked about how in the kingdom, the weak are called strong. I got a new one for you today. I'll tell you what it is coming up also this half hour. Special guest from the afternoons to the mornings, Chris Fabry from Chris Fabry Live is going to be joining us. Going on the road? Tune in wherever you drive. Just text APP to 312-274-9624. Well, if you've ever had a goal in mind, and we're in January, so you're thinking resolutions, that thing that you want to accomplish by the end of the year It feels good to be on the other side of it. No one knows that better than a writer. Chris Fabry joining us right now. Written more than 80 books, including uh, this latest Saving Grace. And it feels good when the book is out, right? But there's a process getting there that maybe isn't quite as fun. Everybody wants to have written, Allie. Nobody (laughs) wants to do the writing process. It's really hard. The process is really hard, and what I discover, have discovered through the years, especially for talking with other writers, is this is a universal. Everybody struggles with this. You have in your mind what's going to happen in the reader, in the story, you know, throughout this, and you get to the end and you say, the, write the end, and it's like, this was a different book than I thought at the beginning of it. And so I have learned hard lessons through the years after, you know, 80-some books now, that you've got to let the process go. You've got to see what the book is doing both on the page and inside of me, because there's where the big change is going to happen, is, is the inside the writer. And it happened with Saving Grace. And I thought it was going to be one book when I started when I wrote the end, actually, I had to rewrite it again, even, not an editor telling me or anybody saying, no, this doesn't work. I knew as soon as I wrote the end that there was something wrong with it. And I had to start back at page one and go through it all over again. Wow. And that was a really hard thing to do because I, you know, I like to get things finished and move on to the next one. Yeah. Oh, Chris Fabry, host of Chris Fabry Live, which you hear weekdays right here uh, on Moody Radio at two o'clock. This so much of life is is like this. I think if we even in our walk with the Lord, we have things that we want to have done. I want to be a person uh, of prayer. I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to have read the Bible in a year. I want to have done X, Y or Z. And sometimes, oftentimes, the process can be 
so frustrating that we can find ourselves discouraged or even giving up. I've certainly found that to be true. I've tried and failed certainly many times to accomplish, like just take reading the Bible in a year. I did, I wanted to do it this year and I've finished uh, most of it, about 98% of it. And that last 2%, I didn't finish before the end of 2023. What do we do with that? Well, you let it be what it is. You see, if you're focused on getting finished, you know, here's my goal, I've got to do this, then it becomes, it's almost like the discipleship thing, where you, you're only focused on, you know, getting the quota in. Yeah. You don't allow your heart in there. And so if I'm only focused on the outcome of a, an event, then until that happens, I'm not thankful. You know, I'm not, I'm not automatically grateful for what is going on in me today. I'm always looking for, oh, the, the end. That's why people will say, if I could only just get through school and get out of school yeah. and get a job, then if I could get a job or I'm unemployed or if I could get married or if I could, you know, have a better relationship, we're always looking for the end and we find it very difficult to be right where we are. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're experiencing the same thing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is I, I decided, OK, I didn't finish in 2023, which was my goal. And now we're, you know, a little bit into 2024. And I'm just a couple days away, a couple readings away from finishing it. And you know what? I thought it's OK. <laughs> I didn't finish it by the time the calendar switched from December to January. But I'm, I'm going to finish it. Right. Right. Well, and that's I've heard from several listeners over the last couple of weeks have said that exact same thing, which is basically I what I wanted. I want to get through the Bible in a year. You know, that's great. That's a great goal. But I don't want to do volume uh, over the depth. You know, if I spend time, if I spend, you know, 30 minutes in a couple of verses or just a paragraph rather than the whole chapter because it engages me, because I have questions, because I'm wondering, how does this apply to me? You know, th that's a goal. That's God at work in your life, yeah. rather than saying, ah, I didn't get the rest of that chapter done. You know, let the process be what it is inside of you. When you start to to see this, and you you noted this, this process versus outcome, when you start looking for it, you see it everywhere. You've spent some time over the last couple of years on your show talking about this. Give me some examples of where you've seen this process versus outcome and kind of finding joy in the process. I can't tell you how many guests will uh, Trisha, my producer, will roll her eyes, even though I can't see her. I'm, I'm in Arizona. I can just see Trisha rolling her eyes because <laughs> here it comes again with marriage topics. And when I'm on with building relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, it comes up in that, in the questions with the, especially we'll get men who call who say, my marriage is on the rocks. I want my wife and my family back again, which is a great goal. Yeah. I want that to happen. I don't want them to get a divorce or, or anything like that. But what Gary will point out and what I have seen is, okay, you are where you are right now. You're in this struggle that you're going through. This is a great moment for you to take stock of your own life 
and to move forward. Ask good questions of yourself. How can you grow right here, right now where you are? I'm not saying that's easy, but it's a good thing to do if you will allow that process and that yearning and that longing not to just be the outcome of, I want my wife and my kids back again, or the wife saying the same thing, I want my husband back. Allow this struggle that you're going through to inform you because struggle is not a sign of failure. Struggle is a sign of life. That's good. Chris Fabry, our guest right now. Coming up, Chris, I'm going to ask you to make this uh, personal. We've talked a little bit about the writing process, but in what other areas of your life personally have you had to lean into this trusting the process versus the outcome? More with Chris Fabry coming up. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, you've heard the expression, trust the process. If you follow NBA sports at all, there's a player, Joel Embiid. He plays for the 76ers. They call him the process because he was a part of a rebuild that took so long. They just kept saying, trust the process. It's coming. It's coming. We're going to deliver Chris Fabry with us right now. Have you been found yourself frustrated at times in your own life with the process when you couldn't quite get to the outcome as quickly as you would have liked? Oh, all the time in just about every discipline. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. Yeah. My mom was a great baker, and the times when she would make mistakes is when she would try to rush whatever she was doing, the cake, or do too many things at the same time. I find this true in relationships as well. It's like I have this, um, uh, Andrea and I have nine kids. I have this dream of of the kids and what's going to happen in their life. And then you'll come up with, you know, they're their their own people. (laughs) They make their own decisions and they have highs and they have lows and mistakes and everything. And it's like where I want them to go, why why don't you do this or that? And you've just got to really trust, lean into the sovereignty of God for one, but trust that the process is they're going to learn some things. Because if I look back at my own life, I realize all the mistakes that I made and the struggles that I had and the things that I thankfully learned from them. So you've got that relational, you've got the work thing. The work thing is really hard, especially for people who work is everything. Work is where I get my identity. If I get my identity from my work, then it's all going to be about outcome. And yeah. if you do a good job on that. Did I get, you know, get paid for this wonder, paid extra for the wonderful job that I did? And when your dreams don't come true with that, then what are you left with? You, you know, I'm bad, I'm, I'm, and you feel guilt and shame. Whereas if you're focused on the process, and I love Colossians 3, 23-24, basically Paul is saying, whatever you do, be all there right here, right now. Work at it with all your heart, because you're really not working for a boss or, yes. or anybody else. You're working for Christ, who's the Lord. So set apart your heart for him and work at it with all your heart. So no matter the outcome of that, if that's your attitude, then you're going to do a better job, number one, and you're going to be more invested in what's happening today so that that leads to gratitude, you know, your thanksgiving, and it will lead to a deeper, more richer, abundant life as you have your relationship with your father. Mm. You mentioned Colossians 3, uh, 23 through 24, another one that comes to mind as you were talking, Philippians 1, uh, 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you 
will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So often the process of a sanctification, of us growing up to be more like Christ, can feel frustratingly slow. That Lord, can you work a little faster in me? Can you make me a little bit more Christ-like a little bit more quickly? It, sometimes it's trusting that he is doing a good work in us, even if it feels slow. Well, and it also then relationally, evangelistically, is there somebody in your life that you want to be someplace that they're not, Mm, (laughs) you know, in your family or in your church or down the street? You know, this kind of outlook will, you know, I wish so-and-so would become a Christian because then I could have a relationship because they wouldn't say all those bad words and do the bad things they're doing. He's like, no. They are who they are, and they are where they are. How can you intersect, just like Jesus did, how can you intersect their lives and allow them to go through that process that you've gone through? It gives you a softer heart for the people around you who aren't where you would like them to be. Yeah, Chris Fabry, good reminder. Uh, Why is this so important as we head into a new year with all of the things that people uh, want change. We talk a lot about this with Carl's book, The Seven Resolutions. There's a lot of resolutions being made and and broken this time of year. Why is this line of thinking so important? Well, it's important anytime, of course, but I I think there's something about the beginning of the year, even in January, because December for me is clearing out time, cleaning up time. You know, it's just like, there's just something about it that feels like this is a good time to start something new. But it's also just a reminder that uh, I've mentioned earlier, the sovereignty of God, that he is permeating our lives with his actions, with what he wants to have happen inside of us, and that will leak out onto other people. So what we're talking about here is not just for us or for the church, but it's for, it's for the whole world. Chris Fabry, you can hear him at Chris Fabry Live weekday afternoons, 2 o'clock right here on Moody Radio. The new book is called Saving Grayson. If you want more information, just go to chrisfabry.com, chrisfabry.com. Chris, thanks for sharing the morning with us today. So appreciate it. Making herself laugh no matter who joins her. It's time for Allie Thinks It's Funny. Two jokes for you today. The first is... uh little pharmacy humor. Why did the pharmacist walk on her tiptoes? Why did the pharmacist walk on her tiptoes? Oh, she didn't want to wake the sleeping pills. (laughs) The sleeping pills. Oh my goodness. (laughs) They're cute. Oh my goodness. Slight cringe, no problem. Slight cringe. Reloaded, I'm back with one more. (laughs) The confidence is still there. What do you give my confidence? (laughs) If if I required confidence, as in people laughing, in order to continue telling the story, I'd stop, but as long as I think it's funny. (laughs) Unwavered. (laughs) What do you give your favorite dentist at the end of the year? What do you give your favorite dentist? At the end of the year, a little plaque, a little plaque. <laughs> wow. It's always the presentation that gets me. It's not the joke. It's the presentation. I feel like you need you need video to fully capture the, the you do. essence of, because I do use gestures. Hand gestures. And, uh, it's the facial expression. Facial expression. yourself up. I, so I she... get into it. If yeah. you want today's jokes, hey, you know what? Make someone cringe. Make them chuckle. I promise you, though. You'll almost always get somebody to crack a smile 
because they're so bad. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just can't help it. I mean, even me, like reluctantly, but a like, smile breaks out every it's, now and then. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. It's the you delivery. Go, it's terrible, but you know what? You went for it. Text yeah. the word jokes to 312 274 9624. Text jokes to 312 274 9624. And just adopt my approach. It's okay. If, yeah. but if nobody laughs, it's okay. Why? Because Allie thinks it's funny. There you have it. 637 here, Carl and Crew Mornings. Coming up, I want to tell you about a yard sign. A yard sign. Do you put those in your yards? Do you maybe support your favorite school or some slogan? Or maybe during a political season, you might put out a yard or a sign in your yard. There is one that I've seen quite a bit over the last couple years. And I've stopped and I've read it multiple times. And I have mixed feelings about this particular sign. Not because of what of it what it says necessarily, but because of what it implies. I think it relates to what we're going to be talking about today. I'll tell you about the yard sign as soon as I describe it. You've probably seen it too. I'll tell you what I think about it, my opinion only, and then we'll go to scripture coming up. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. So I've seen these yard signs quite a bit. It's a black background, and then it's got a series of statements that are in a variety of colors. So it's eye-catching because it's not like a political sign where some name just screams out at you yeah. and you know immediately what it is. You got to take a minute and read these series of statements. I'm going to read you the sign, and I'm going to give a full disclaimer. I'm not making any commentary on any of these slogans. Sure. I want to talk about what the sign to me represents. Okay. Okay. okay? So it's a it's a it's a yard sign, and it, the the top says "We believe" right. in white letters, and then it has a series of statements. So this is ah yes, You've seen, I've seen it? these signs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We believe Black Lives Matter. No human is illegal. Love is love. Women's rights are human rights. Science is real. Water is life. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Have you seen these signs? I have. Yeah. Super Die, have you seen yes. them? Mm-hmm. So again, you're not getting political commentary from me. That's not what we do here. <laughs> no, no, That's no, not no, what no, we're no. about. But the reason why I'm bringing this up, because there's something about this sign that to me screams a very worldly wisdom sort of approach to a lot of very real problems. And so these series of statements, it is as if we can solve racism, immigration issues, gender sexuality kind of confusion, gender equality, science research issues, water issues around the world, injustice, with sort of a man-centered, we've got this, if we just get the right people in power, yeah, get the right group of, how, whatever way you lean left or right, we get the right group of politicians, put their mm-hmm. heads together, we just listen to reason, and together, you, me, come together, we can solve this stuff. Yeah. We got this, guys. Racism, Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Immigration, mm-hmm. no human is illegal. Mm-hmm. Who you love is who you love. And there's something about it to me, and I'm not, again, I'm not making comments on any of these things as individually. 
But there's a real arrogance of man that says, we've got this. Yeah. We can figure this stuff out. Come on, guys. Let's just vote for the right person. Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know, come up with the right ideas. We just haven't quite figured it out yet. But if they, this is what we believe in our house. And I don't fault the people who put, you may have a sign like that in your yard. Hey, I got, I got no problem with you putting up a sign, Mm -hmm. but there's something that I think we have to be so cautious of as Christ followers. And when we talk about this upside down kingdom, there's a real temptation to look to worldly wisdom for solutions to say that we can figure this out. We Our minds, our research, our study, our education, our intellect, our planning, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, we got this. That's how we've got this. Mm. I want to take you to 1st and 2nd Corinthians. There's a lot of scripture I was looking at for this. So I got a lot of thoughts and and things that I want to get out. I can't can't give it all to you, but I I want to try to make this as clear as possible. But I'm going to start with scripture. This is 1 Corinthians. It's in chapter 1, and a little bit of context here. Paul is concerned about some division in the church, that people are divided. The church in Corinth is divided over who they follow. They're kind of being impressed by man. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. And this is very concerning to me, or to him, to me too, as I read it. But Paul was very concerned. <laughs> First Corinthians 1, 17, I want to start there. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross, be em- a cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So another thing that was popular were these orators, these people who this was Greco-Roman culture, and there were people who were, could make great speeches. They could debate. They could express ideas so clearly, so eloquently. And Paul's saying, you know what? I ain't got that. That's not what I'm here for. If you're expecting eloquent words of worldly wisdom, that's not the gospel. Because the gospel, the word of the cross, if you go on to verse 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is, it is the power of God. You see this word folly repeated a lot because the idea of Jesus being crucified, crucifixion in and of itself was so shameful, so disgusting, right, such a right. base way that people didn't even want to mention that in conversation. It was foolishness. It was absurdity. But he's saying that cross That's folly to those who are perishing, those who won't see it, those who won't believe. But it's that folly that has the power to save. So I want to take a pause here because I know I'm throwing a lot at you. But I want you to think about this, that how often we pursue worldly wisdoms and worldly wisdom and worldly solutions. And if somebody were to put up a sign in their yard that said something as simple and in the world's eyes, foolish as Jesus saves. People are like, come on, that's folly. Yeah, That's foolishness. Mm-hmm. Or a bumper sticker that has a Jesus fish. I'm not advocating for or against any of these things. But the world looks at the Jesus talk, the throw, it, throw Jesus at it as foolishness. Yeah, you're right. Why? Because they go back to the sign. The world goes to the sign and says, well, black lives matter. Science is real. 
Water is life. No human is illegal. Well, you know what? The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. It's the cross of Jesus Christ that's folly to the world. That's the power of salvation for those who will believe. I want to talk a little bit more about that coming up. Hang out with the team after the show. Just follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Curl and Crew Mornings. First Corinthians 1, 20 through 21 says this, where is the one who's wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. You know, there, faith is an interesting thing. There's God gave you a mind, and we are to love the Lord, the Lord your God, with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So God's not against education and study and research and all of that. He gave us a mind to be able to learn and Absolutely. to grow and to develop, not to say, stay elementary in our understanding, but you won't ultimately know God through intellect. You can learn a lot about God. You could study the Bible. You could study biblical history. You could read commentaries. You could be the most knowledgeable person about Jesus to ever live, if that were possible, and still not know Jesus. Yes. And so mm -hmm. you will not know him through intellect. So how will you know him? I'll answer that question coming up. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. We live in a culture that's very impressed by eloquence, by displays of intellect. You know, you watch... Um, you ever watched cable news or any sort of talk show program and they have in these little boxes kind of the talking heads there's different people yeah who are so smart they're so yeah. <laughs> like they, they yeah. could they could debate circles around the average person mm -hmm. and they're they're well studied on whatever it is that they're talking about whether it's a, a political issue or you've got scientists and doctors and they use language that the average person doesn't even understand We'd have to pull out some sort of a dictionary. No yeah. offense to you, Jonathan. I'm <laughs> the same, but I'd have you'd have to pull out a dictionary, right? Yeah. I would too. Where yeah. you're going? Okay, what? Wait, what? Take me back to the basics. Of what are you trying to say again? There's oh, yeah. so many really smart people, and it's easy to be swayed and to be convinced by people who are so well studied. And so, when you think about something like the gospel, you know, there's a there there can be a disdain for the message of the gospel from people who kind of think it's foolish. Oh, absolutely. Well-studied people laugh at the gospel, laugh at the idea of a God, laugh at an idea of creation and all the things obviously yeah. that would come from that. Uh, it's, it's laughed upon. It's not thought of as, as wise, smart, it's thought of as eh, it's a way to ease your your yeah. your mind as you go through this life. And the only asterisk I'd put on that is well-studied people who have put their faith in their intellect. 100%. Because there are brilliant believers. Yes, who there are, are. Who, who could also debate Very circles true. around uh, the average person. I mean, we see scientists, people, uh, you know, what's a, we, we've talked with them before. Is it uh, got, got questions or something mm -hmm. like that? There's mm -hmm. a, the Bible scientists 
who who write articles based off of science, but also based off of their faith. Here's the thing that sometimes I want to I want to like whisper. Uh, no, not whisper. Shout to people. <laughs> who do you think created science? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we agree go. that science is real. I'm go, good I, I trust. It's nice that you trust in God. I trust in science. I do too. <laughs> Me too. Because God made science. <laughs> right. Little side yeah. note there. Mm, yeah. I get a little. I get a little crazy with that one. But when we look to the Word of God, I love that Paul is so clear that. Yeah, you know what? The message of the cross is folly to the world. Yep. It makes no sense. But you know what? It is this folly. And he kind of has this sort of almost like tongue in cheek. Yeah, but this folly, this foolish gospel has the power to save mm-hmm. those who believe. No worldly wisdom has the power to save. And just think about the last time you were in sort of a, a crisis of any kind, whether it was a personal crisis, whether when we went through the crisis that we've gone through historically, corporately, as a nation, as a world, when did man-made wisdom ever come up with anything that could solve any of it? Yeah. At best, we get things that provide maybe temporary relief, mm-hmm. uh, maybe make life a little bit better for a small number of people. So have we made progress in a lot of areas? Absolutely. God gave us the ability to learn and to grow. But this idea that somehow we can really figure this out, really fix the soul of a man, Mm -hmm. the cry of a heart, the angst of a teenager who's lost and broken, mental illness, despair, racism, poverty, conflict between nations, worldly solutions won't do it. And so what do we do? We humble ourselves before my, a mighty God. 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept, ex, accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So back to the question that I set up for you. If it's not going to be wisdom and intellect that ultimately gets you to God, what's it going to be? It's going to be a humbling yourself humility, and allowing yourself to be guided not by your own intellect, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. The things of God are spiritually discerned. So you can't, you won't be able to figure it out by just thinking really hard. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that allows our eyes to be opened that once was folly becomes the power of God to salvation. Just something to think about today. I encourage you to spend some time in First and Second Corinthians. Lots of talk about wisdom, intellect. God gave us a mind, but let's use it to glorify him. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Three degrees never felt so good. I said high 18. Woo, I flip mean, flops. It definitely felt warmer coming in this morning. That's big coming from you. Because, <laughs> you, you know, this is, know you, you know how I feel about, weather. feel about cold I know, weather. I know. This really has been, this has been challenging me. I've, I, I wanted to get myself one of those comfies. Like I got Jonathan. Oh, oh man, it's so good. <laughs> I'm, I have to stop myself from coming into work with it every single day. 
It's so good. <laughs> my kids love them. The big wearable blankets. Yes. And, hood yeah. and, and your son has one too. You right? inspired me. I got him one for Christmas and yeah, he was in it yesterday. I got my wife one for Christmas. <laughs> oh man, everybody get the comfy. It's a, it's a comfy awesome. takeover. That's right. That's right. Oh man, 705 here, Carl and crew. Want to make sure you know about our New Year's giveaway. If you've not entered in to win, uh, we're giving away copies of Carl's book, The Seven Resolutions yeah. Where Self-Help Ends, God's Power Begins. It is a phenomenal resource to Tomorrow is our big small group giveaway on Thursdays. We've been giving away 10 packs to small groups. So be listening tomorrow if you want an opportunity to win there. But if you want to win just a single copy for yourself, two ways to win. One, just text the word NEW so we can get you an entry form so you can enter the online portion. Text NEW to 312-274-9624. Text NEW to 312-274-9624. Second way to win and I'm going to probably, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. <laughs> okay. There's, We have a post up. No, because you'll find out why. I'm interested. I, I was yeah. hesitant. So I we posted something on Instagram okay. that we're doing a giveaway there. And we're giving away 15 copies on Instagram. Oh, Love nice. It. Okay. For whatever reason, the post, you know, sometimes the algorithm sort of hides stuff. Yeah, yeah. Huh. We've not even, like, as of right now, every single person who's commented is would win a book if the giveaway ended today. Oh, for real? We we haven't had oh. even 15 people uh, comment. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. you know, sometimes social media algorithms don't work for giveaways because they they don't always want you to be doing that. Exactly. And so they keep it kind of hidden. So Instagram has kind of hidden it. So the uh, the opportunity to win on Instagram is really good really on high. <laughs> There you go. Just letting you know. It, by the end of the day, it'll probably be more than fifteen. But I mean, we're 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 talking like a you you've got yeah a really good chance of winning there. So if you're right. on Instagram, that's a little bonus a little bonus green stamp bonus didn't cost you a thing is what my pastor <laughs> used to say. Right. Go to Instagram, Carlin Crew Mornings. Comment. There's a couple things you got to do and follow the instructions so that you're eligible to win. But hey, what do you got to lose? You can win a free book, and it is a good one. Update from Carl coming up. Just tuning in? Hear what you missed with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just go to carlandcrew.org. This is Carl and Crew Mornings, in case you are wondering. Uh, Carl is on a missions trip this week. He is uh, traveling to India. He's had some travel, crazy travel delays. He's He's been keeping us posted. (laughs) Keeping us posted. The plan was for him to be able to come on air with us. And as soon as he actually is able to get there and get settled, we will bring him on. But he's had so many crazy travel delays. I'm not even sure where he is at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, he was supposed to, uh, he was supposed to be there yesterday. And he texted us last night, which is like 10 a.m. wherever he is, saying, Hey, still not there. And it was like, whoa, yeah, dude. a couple reroutes. So uh, pray for his trip if you think about him. Uh, but as soon as we're able to get connected with him and he's settled where he's going to be for a couple of days, we will get him on air with us. Walk in with Christ one step at a time. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, I want to thank uh, Dave and Becky. Yeah, Boom thank you. listeners, Dave and Becky. I just... <laughs> About 10 minutes ago, opened a package that had been left on my desk that was sent to Moody. It was was wrapped in cardboard. It was very thin. It didn't look like a book. I get a lot of books sent by publishers, but this one looked a little different. And it was a calendar. 
2024 <laughs> calendar, but not just any calendar. Let me grab it. Yes. This is a calendar of dad jokes. (laughs) 365-plus jokes. So bad, they're great. That's exactly what it says. I'm holding it in my hand. And there is one joke for every day of the year. Every day. Oh, man. You are stuck. Thank you. (laughs) I was in here (laughs) laughing by myself in the studio alone. You were. Just chuckling at some of these jokes. We were in the other room here watching (laughs) you and commenting on it. I wonder what she's laughing at. (laughs) So thank you, Dave and Becky. I received this uh, very, very thoughtful gift. Dad jokes for 2024. It is the gift that keeps so happy. The gift that keeps on giving. I will be Uh, borrowing some material for upcoming segments. But today, it's time for making herself laugh no matter who joins her. It's time for Allie thinks it's funny. All right, first up, what should we call Arnold Schwarzenegger in his retirement? Arnold Schwarzenegger. What should we call Arnold Schwarzenegger? I won't be in back. In his retirement. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Close. Um, man, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. I think I, I have an idea of what it hangs around, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. The exterminator. <laughs> oh, yes. Exterminator. Yes. But I kind of like I won't be back. That's pretty funny. I won't be back. Joke number two for you. Uh-huh. Anyone? We're kind of city folk around here. Yeah. Superdye, me. Do you consider yourself city or city or country? City. Yeah. City. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you uh, suburbs. You're a suburb. I hang in the middle between the guy. two. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe some people can relate to this joke. How do you get a country girl's attention? How do you get a country girl's attention? Uh, I. I don't know. A tractor. <laughs> Look at Allie. <laughs> Come on. She's not celebrating that Jonathan. we laughed with her. She's. I thought it was funny. I laughed. I'm like, that was that was a grade A no. quality dad Allie, joke. Allie, Allie, grade Allie. I laughed. I oh. thought what was funnier was the fact that you threw your hands up and said Jeez. yes. And you threw your hands up and said yes because you thought it was such a I funny mean, joke. A tractor? Yeah, funny. it's great. That I is, love it. That one, that one got me. Did you that get that one, from your calendar? No, that one wasn't from the calendar. Woo! That was from my uh, nice. my secret stash of jokes that I keep a oh. running document, and I add them. When you send me to jokes, I add those as well because I get some boom crew <laughs> submissions, which I love. So those are always funny. welcomed. If you want today's jokes, text the word jokes to 312-274-9624. Jokes to 312-274-9624. It's okay if you don't think they're funny. Why? Because Allie thinks it's funny. There you go. Every Wednesday at 635 and 835. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.